Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. So it's going to take just a little bit for Dave to get unplugged and unwired or whatever he is up there around the uh, drum set. I wanted to say something real quick before he brought his message. Uh, Tracy and I, we took just a little bit of a a birthday trip for her over the past couple of days and uh, wanted to rest and relax. And Dave is what we call in the church a certified lay speaker. And that means that he uh, has gone through a whole bunch of classes and has studied a lot, but he also has had uh, special ministry opportunities here in our church. Most of us know that over the past several years, how many years have you been? 18 years, he has helped out a lot in our our youth ministry. And he's also uh, done a lot of different things, uh, technology things that uh, that we are just so amazed. Actually, he was even helping uh, this morning with technology stuff. Um, that way we were up and running uh, for the service today. But uh, unfortunately, uh, Dave is getting ready to leave us. Uh, he is moving to uh, South Carolina to be uh, closer to family. And um, it, it's a bittersweet moment because we know uh, getting closer to family is always a good thing. But we know that uh, we will miss uh, the gifts and graces that uh, Dave has so uh, brought to our church and knows that wherever he gets plugged in in South Carolina, he will share those exact same gifts and graces. I wanted to tell a story on Dave uh, real quick. Um, When I was appointed to uh, Royce City First United Methodist Church, uh, Trace and I, we came here and we met with SPRC. And then that was on a Saturday. And I believe that very next Monday, I was still at uh, the, my previous appointment, and I was working in my office. And this big, bald-headed guy with a goatee and mustache pops his head into uh, the door of my office and introduced himself. And it was Dave. So besides SPRC, Dave was the very first person that I met at uh, Roy City First United Methodist Church. And at the very beginning, I was like, uh-oh, this is going to be a very interesting relationship. And it has been in a very good way. And I am thankful for your friendship. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah. I am thankful for your friendship. I'm thankful for uh, your love of Jesus, for your love of our youth, and for your love of the church. So uh, let's... Why don't you stand up, let me pray with you, and then we'll let you uh, take, take it away. So let us pray. Dear God, we thank you for the ministry of David Chamberlain, and we thank you that you have uh, brought him to us for this season. And we pray that as he uh, brings your word this morning, that you give him strength, you allow your spirit to move through him so that we may see you. And so, God, we lift this up in your name. Amen. Uh, my name is Dave Chamberlain. I, I am a certified lay servant. Um, if you don't know about lay servant ministry, it was created to, uh, to um, help make you better servant leaders. They have classes. Uh, they have instruction in uh, 
I'm going to be I'm the last one here. We used to have about eight or nine, and uh, it's time that somebody else stepped up and, and tried it and became a lay servant. Um, it is really good for equipping you. Uh, he left out the part that's way too loud. I'm feeding back. Um, he left out the part about five minutes after I walked out of his office, he picked up the phone and said, Tim, what am I getting into? Uh, Pastor Tim, he let me have the pulpit for his very last Sunday and uh, went and talked to Chris about it. And he's like, oh, no, the guy wants to preach in shorts and he's got tattoos and uh, shaved head. Oh, what is he going to say? And so he waited till almost my last Sunday to let me take the pulpit. So he's been dreading it, but he heard me this morning and he hasn't cut me off and um, done his own message. So I think we're going to be okay. We all know the greatest commandment. Love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. But do you know what the most repeated commandment is? You're not allowed to answer. You're already here. It's don't be afraid. Incidentally, the second most repeated commandment is um, fear God. For me, the second is much easier to grasp when you take a moment to comprehend just how big God is. I did a quick search of the internet. It brought up several sources that said there are 100 billion galaxies. There's a plus there. 100 billion plus galaxies. Not 100 billion stars. 100 billion galaxies. And with a single word, God created all of them. With power like that, it's easy to have a healthy respect or fear of God. So why do we need to be reminded to be not afraid. Well, we seem to get really easily distracted. We forget who's on our side, and we're afraid of a lot of things. I did a, a, Google, I did a Google search for fears, and the top 10 phobias in America are, number 10, needles. Nine, storms. Eight, big dogs. Seven, snakes, Angela. Six, bugs, most of you. Five, closed spaces. Four, flying. Number three, falling. Number two, open spaces. And it used to be public speaking was number one, but now they say social phobias, which has its own top 10 list. So the top 10 social phobias are number 10, death. Number nine, meeting new people or being rejected. Number eight, meeting authority figures. Number seven, physical pain. Number six, failure. Number five, humiliation. Four, people are afraid to fall in love. Now what used to be number one is now number two, public speaking. And the number one social phobia is the unknown. Our scripture today is 2 Corinthians 6, 1 through 13. Follow along in your own Bible or the word should be up on the screen. Since we work together with him, we are also begging you not to receive the grace of God in vain. He says, I listened to you at the right time. I helped you on your day of salvation. Look, now is the right time. Look, now is the day of salvation. We don't give anyone a reason to be offended about anything, so our ministry won't be criticized. Instead, we commend ourselves as ministers of God in every way. 
We did this with great endurance through problems, disasters, stressful situations. We went through beatings, imprisonments, and riots. We experienced hard work, sleepless nights, and hunger. We displayed purity, knowledge, patience, and generosity. We served with the Holy Spirit genuine love, telling the truth in God's power. We carried weapons of righteousness in our right hand and our left. We treated with honor and dishonor, with verbal abuse and evaluation. We were seen as both fake and real, as unknown and well-known, as dying and look, we are still alive. We were seen as punished and not killed, as though pain was always happy, as poor but making rich, as having nothing but owning everything. Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you with our hearts wide open. Let there be no limit to affection you feel for others. You are the ones who place boundaries on your affection for us. But it, as a fair trade, I'm talking to you like you are children. Open your wa hearts wide too. The word of God for the people of God. I find it interesting that a couple modern commentaries refer to verses 4 through 10 as Paul's accomplishment. At first glance, it might think so. Paul talks about serving with great endurance through problems, disasters, stressful situations. He recalls beatings, riots, imprisonment. He talks about pressing through sleepless nights, being hungry often, holding the truth of the gospel while serving and being guided by the Holy Spirit. Paul isn't listing his own accomplishment. He's listing God's. He's recalling where God carried him through and gave him strength to endure. Paul is encouraging the Corinthians to get out of the box, to stop limiting themselves. Stepping out of your comfort zone is not easy. There's going to be perils, but through that, God will help you grow. You cannot grow if you're not uncomfortable. People will reject the message, but it's your part to simply deliver it. You may end up in unfamiliar territory or working with people who aren't easy to deal with. You may find yourself in a season where nothing seems to go right, but God will deliver you through the toughest times. Hardships are temporary, but the glory of God is forever. In Matthew, Jesus describes a good and faithful servant. He says, I was hungry and you gave me food to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothes to wear. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. He finished it up with, what you've done for the least of me, least of your brothers and sisters, you have done for me. I've done my best to do all of these things. I've taken people into my house. I've had lunch with people on the, on the side of uh, Interstate 35. I recall one instance where this young lady was on the corner down by uh, um, Inwood Avenue. I said, hey, there's a Whataburger over there. Um, if you walk over, I'll buy you lunch. We sat down and talked. 
She told me her husband was over on the other corner. I said, well, you should have invited him. Well, um, she said, well, you know, people see couples on the street and they don't help. So I bought her another burger for her husband. I gave her my phone number and says, well, if you ever need someone to talk to, um, call me. About a month later, I got a call and this, I hear, this is Melissa. I'm like, Melissa, Melissa, who's this? And she goes, the one you met at Whataburger. My husband was riding in a car, it was an accident. He's in Parkland, can you come? So I went to visit, I prayed with them. Um, there's not much else I could do, but they said it meant so much that somebody cared enough to come. Should we hold back when there's a chance to, to reach even one person and bring them into a relationship with the living God? On May 14th, I found out my job had been eliminated in Dallas. In order to continue my 26 years employment, I was be required to leave the state of Texas, which has been my home for 18 years. I was told I'd be able to transfer to one of five states in the southeast. Friday morning, 8.45 a.m., I received a call that informed me I would not be able to transfer. Instead, my time with Avaya was done. My last day will be Friday the 13th. Instead of moving to Alabama to continue my employment, I'll be moving to South Carolina to be near my family and to seek new employment. The day before receiving this news, I submitted a statement of calling to the SPRC with a request to become a candidate for a licensed local pastor. I'd like to share that letter with you now. To tell of my calling requires telling my faith journey because I believe they're inseparable. I grew up outside the church. My parents were excommunicated from the Catholic Church when I was about seven years old. They were told, you don't belong here. I continued with catechism through fifth grade, attended mass with neighbors who had a son my age. Somewhere between fifth and sixth grade, Danny and I arrived at church before his mom. She encouraged us to walk the eight blocks from the house to the church to burn off that energy that 12-year-old boys tend to have. We were greeted by Monsignor Harrington, who told us very bluntly, sit down in the back, shut up. I don't want to hear you or see you. I heard it loud and clear. You don't belong here. That was the last time I worshipped as a Roman Catholic. A couple years later, I started attending a youth group at a local Episcopal church because my two closest friends were dating girls there. I don't remember a whole lot of talk of God, except when several youth groups would get together and plan a youth worship weekend. Um, my time at youth ended when one of my friends was asked to leave. And being 16, I went where my ride went. I didn't belong there. And so began my long walk in the dark. I dropped out of school, I joined the Marine Corps, and began living a life guided by men who were barely older than I was. My image of God, so tainted by my experience as a child and by my peer, peers, seemed like someone I really didn't want to know. I was 22, and I was sent on a six-month deployment after only 90 days of marriage. Not, only, not long after I returned, I found out that my wife had found a boyfriend, and she left with him shortly after I got back. Though I had long forgotten him, God hadn't forgotten me. In December of 1986, 
just a few days before Christmas, I sat in an empty house contemplating suicide. I had the means, I had a plan, but before I could act on it, I heard a voice in my head say, go for a walk. I stepped out the back door, headed down the alley between the garages, where I was met by two military policemen on patrol. They asked if I was okay. I told them, no. They took me and got me the help I needed. More than a decade before I even thought of looking for God, he saved my life. I didn't start looking for God until 2000. And even then, it was his idea, not mine. One of our friends, who we partied with on Saturday, always cut out early on Saturday nights. And I asked, asked her why she, she told me she goes to church with her parents. So I said, why not? I'll give it a try. I met her parents. Her dad, a retired pastor, made quite an impression on me. After my second visit, I brought my, pa my family, and we attended there until we moved to Texas. God had gotten my attention, and he was set on keeping it. Almost on a whim, we decided we needed a bigger house. And they were much more affordable in East Texas than Colorado. So one weekend in March of 2000, we flew down to Dallas. We looked at a dozen houses, made an offer on one, and arranged for job transfers. I arrived in Texas two weeks before my family. It was Father's Day 2000. I read 9.45 and 10.45 on the sign outside, so I figured early in, early out. Much to my surprise, God wanted me in a Sunday school class. That 9.45 said Sunday school, not worship. So I walked in this door. Reverend Betty and Richard Davis were, were standing here uh, going over the, the music for the day, and she talked me to my first Sunday school class. In that hour, I experienced true community and made my first friend in Texas. The same morning during worship, Shannon Newsom st stood up and announced VBS would be starting that evening, and they needed more volunteers. Well, several people were quite surprised when this guy showed up. I thought they would give me a mop or broom or let me work in the kitchen, but instead, someone set me up with water, cornstarch, and a group of boys just out of second grade. To this day, I do not understand what non-Newtonian fluids have to do with Jesus. But I do know those boys had a lot of fun. And one of those boys just graduated uh, from Dallas Theological Seminary with his Master's in Divinity. As I continued to learn, my faith grew. Serving continued to become, became a natural part of my life. First, I took Disciple One, then I led the same class. I discovered I often learn more by preparing the lesson than I do by attending one. So for, more, for most of the last 15 years, I've either attend, led a Sunday school class or a midweek study. In exploring my call to ministry, I've served on almost every committee in the church. I've chaired the trustees and the church council. I developed a passion for discipling youth and have been active in youth ministry since 2002. I served as interim youth minister here twice. I served 10 mission trips, every position from adult driver to camp director. I served on the in the Dallas Chrysalis community as table leader, assistant lay director, steering committee member, and board member. I'm a certified lay servant. I have in the North Texas Conference, have been for about a decade 
but I'm called to do more. I first approached candidacy with Keith Barbie, who unfortunately was more concerned about his exit strategy than my entry. I approached again with Steve Richardson and we were going through a workbook when his career was abruptly cut short. I've now come to a time and place in my life where I have less burden of family and I'm called to do more. I feel I have a pastor and a congregation that will support me in this process. That's my letter. Um, and God answered it. He says, you want to get out of the box? I'm going to move you. Um, a little further than I expected, but I think God has something big in store for me. Much like Paul, God found me before I realized I was lost. Also like Paul, God allowed hardship in my life so I could grow in my faith and learn to depend on him. Finally, like Paul, God has carried me through the storms of life so I could serve him with passion and joy. The God of creation who created a hundred billion galaxies with a single word, yet took nine months to handcraft each one of us, put on human flesh, died on a cross, and rose again to invite us into a personal relationship with him. I've accepted. Jesus chose surrender. So will I. He gave us life. He gave his life to love you. So will I. Where the wind, go, where the wind goes, he sends it. So will I. Where he leads me, I will follow. And I will not fear. Um, there's this band called King and Country I've become quite fond of. And here are some of their lyrics that I think are inspirational words for all of us. Run wild to risk everything, to hold nothing back, to lay it on the line. Your reputation, your success, your comfort. That's the moment when fear is overcome by faith. Live free. It's not liberty to do whatever you want, whenever you want, wherever you want, but rather it's living in accordance with the author of humanity and finding freedom in connecting with the creator who conceived you. Let light flood into your eyes for the first time. Feel the blood coursing through your veins, finding the truest version of yourself by knowing the one who knows you better then you know yourself. Love strong because you were first loved. Because without love, we all perish. Because earth and stars will pass away. But love, love will remain. Thank you.